This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, everyone? Welcome to The Mitch Gray Show featuring Miguel Antonio. Episode number two, my brother, with our collaboration. What What do you think as we go into number two? How How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I was excited for it. I was like, let's get this rolling. I'm excited about the topics today, and uh, I've I've been enjoying it. It's It's a nice like diversion for my brain to think just a little differently uh, throughout the week. Where like I was writing songs earlier today, and just kind of in that world. And now I don't know. It It's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that last uh, in, in the first episode that we had together uh, that, that came out a few uh, few weeks ago. Um, yeah, you mentioned that that this is kind of a neat neat approach for you, kind of different musician, always working on music, always booking gigs, and now you get to really enter into your uh, leadership brain, which is fantastic, by the way. I think you probably well, undervalue that within yourself, but it is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, and yeah, it, it honestly is something something I love, um, and and something I've, I've put a lot of energy throughout my life to try to learn and grow in. So, so yeah, so I appreciate that, man. Love that. Uh, thank you, everyone, to listen for listening to the Mitch Grace Show featuring Miguel Antonio. Uh, may, if if you found this uh, somewhere else, make sure you go subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, and uh, go check out our YouTube channel. We're uh, uh, putting most of our episodes on the YouTube channel, along with some other great things that'll help you develop uh, as you lead others. So go subscribe to that Mitch Gray Media. Go check out Miguel's uh, stuff. You can find him at justthemiguel.com. And that's a great place to go see him because he's got all of his links living there. Uh, he is also the host of the Live and Create podcast available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So did I miss anything? I, I didn't just run with it. Uh, yes. The band run with it. So at run with the band everywhere or run with band.net putting out original music doing that thing touring all the fun stuff miguel for those of you just getting introduced to miguel he is the lead singer from the band run with it they are awesome go check out their music and uh i'm so new, new music coming is that what i'm hearing well we're we're in the idea phase right now gotcha. so it's i'm actually uh forcefully not allowing myself to finish <laughs> anything because uh, I get sometimes I get too business minded in the arts world where I'm like, got to get these songs out, songs out where we're just my drummer and I are very, very hungry for new and fresh sounds. So every day it's showing up and saying, what kind of weird shit can we create now? You know, what are yes. we feeling? What are we vibing with? And and uh, so, yeah, it it's very hip hop and EDM pop stuff, uh, which is a divergence from where we were. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know when these new batch of songs are even going to come out. I'm not allowing myself to even, oh, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not allowing myself to commit to it. <laughs> you know, what's crazy and what so many people that aren't, uh, that don't live in the creative space, whether it's uh, being a painter or being a photographer or being an author or a songwriter, what people that don't live in that space don't realize is if you're going to put out an album of 12 tracks, you may write 30 to 40 songs. 
to make sure, you know, there, there's cohesion and it makes sense and it's the best stuff for that specific project. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day, they were like, how many books have you written? And I thought, well, I've actually written six. I've published four. I threw one of the manuscripts completely away. I shredded it because I didn't like it. And they were like, wait, like a full book? I'm like, yeah, because it just, I got to the end of it and it wasn't. And, you know, and, and it's amazing what, to me, the craziest industry of all with, with that process is the movie industry. 90% oh, wow, of yes. movies that get, get made don't get published or bought or put out. And, and you're talking you know, millions of dollars and hundreds yes. and hundreds of people involved with that project. Absolutely. Yeah. That's insane. Yes. And then you just take the hours of film that get edited from the movies that do get published. I mean, it's, it's incredible that a movie that makes it, quite frankly. And so, and that's what I really express to people that don't live in those kind of cultures and mindsets is the vast majority of stuff that gets created in the world never gets released ever. It right. just, it just doesn't. So I get it, man. I get it. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you got to rock and roll. So go run, uh, run with it. Go check them out. Um, great music. One of my favorite, the last EP you guys came up with a few years ago is one of my favorite ever. Um, great stuff. Okay, man, the best well, thing you, you've man. seen this week. That's how we like to start it. The best thing you've seen this week. Best thing I've seen this week is kids using technology. And I think technology and kids get such a bad rap. Uh, and there is a lot of dangers out there, right? But uh, my two youngest, I have four boys. And my two youngest, uh, they're nine and 11. And through me learning Spanish right now, I'm trying to like connect with my own culture more. Um, and, then through, and then through soccer, they have fallen in love with like our own culture as Puerto Ricans. And so uh, this week, seeing how tech, how they're utilizing technology at such a young age to grow their understanding of the world, it's been amazing. I was driving home from a practice last night, football practice, and uh, my nine-year-old asked, or my 11-year-old asked to get the aux cord. And he found a website where he's listening to radio stations from San Juan and all in Spanish and and just soaking up all this different kind of music and wow. learning Spanish. And then my nine-year-old comes through the door and I can't remember the word he asked me, uh, but he was asking me, how do you say this in Spanish? And he had his phone open. He's using Duolingo because we have a family account. Right. And, and so at nine, he's just teaching himself Spanish wow. and trying so hard. And, and a, a small little aside on that is for some reason, he doesn't like saying, I love you, my youngest. He just doesn't like saying mm. it. But he actually said, uh, te amo to me, mm -hmm. which my dad informed me that I don't, it's supposed to be te quiero, unless it's your, your wife, te amo is very, mm -hmm. very, he's like, it's extra intimate. So we had to correct that as time goes <laughs> on. But it, it's just been amazing to see them learn and grow and see the benefits that technology can have. Because my God, like literally, if you want to learn anything now, you can. Like, there's no excuses at this point. It's all at our fingertips. Yeah. Yeah, that is, is amazing. What's also interesting about that is um, I have a specific client that I'm working with right now in, in the restaurant industry, and they've got two locations. And so I meet with their management teams weekly. And what's interesting about the availability of knowledge and education through technology in today's world, anything's available. Right. I'm at a management meeting last week. I'm at a management meeting this week. And the first question I ask is, what books or podcasts are you reading or listening to right now? 
And both groups said none. Oh. And and what's interesting <laughs> is, man, but brother, I would tell you, I, I would dare to say that if we took a poll, 70% of the people walking around would give the same answer. Right. Because many people just don't, they don't realize, A, how valuable gaining knowledge and exposing yourself to other thoughts, beliefs, teachings, how valuable that is. But then I think we're at the point where technology is so available that we we just totally gloss it over. It's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. We're going to use it to find our best restaurant or whatever, but we're not going to use it to learn a different language or whatever that is. So right. I'm with you, man. That, that's a miraculous thing. And I just feel like we're still incredibly undervaluing the opportunity that we have. And I know, I, I mean, for someone who's a learner, I, I, I've been saying I want to learn Spanish for 15 years now, and I've not done the best I could. I've done a little, right. but that's just an example of, yeah, I mean, within 90 days, you can probably hold a kind of a conversation with someone decently. You won't be fluent. Right. And it's all because of the availability of technology. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we do take it for granted. You know, I think I, I tried I try to utilize those tools a ton in my life, um, but I'm sure there's so many ways that I still take it for granted. I think there's yeah. like, for example, chat GPT or whatever it's called. Yes. Uh, yes. This Tuesday we're in a writing session and my drummer couldn't figure out, figure out how to connect his drum pad to my, my computer. And, and we're, we're searching all over the internet and we could not find the answer. So he just types in the chat GPT, whatever it is. And it gives us the exact answer like that. And we're like, whoa, this is nuts. <laughs> right. And like he sent it to me. I need to download it and start figuring out. Like he actually put in a marketing plan for a band releasing a song. And it yep. gave him bullet point, like step-by-step -step plan, aggregated yep. it, which that, that was like months of us in the past trying to figure out things, talking to everybody we know, reading books. <laughs> And this, yes. Yeah, it's nuts, man. Yeah. I am a fan of AI and chat GPT specifically. I'm telling you, I can spit out so much content. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because just the other day I was introducing it to someone and they were like, yeah, I've been wanting to figure out like, you know, how to do something or I don't remember what it was. And I, I said, go to chat GPT, get an account and be like how to dot, dot, dot. And then because it scours the entire existence of all knowledge that is online. So you're not limited. It's just like, and it's better right. than Google because it spits out the instructions. Of, it's it's incredible, man. It is so incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, best thing I've seen this week is actually a show on Apple TV called Shrinking. Huh. It is, it's from the writers and producers of Ted Lasso for anyone that's a fan of Ted Lasso, which if you, ha if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, you have to have Apple TV, but an incredible show. But the show's shrinking. I, I've never been to watch anything ever. And I've been to watch that show. It's, I'm telling you, man, it is incredible. So if you have Apple TV, go watch Shrinking. Incredible writing. What's, what's the premise on it? So it's a group of, oh, man, I can't. Let me see if I can say this without giving it away. So it's based on a group of therapists. Okay. Who are just going through what life brings you, but they're therapists. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of like the people that we think should have it all together. And then they get to, we get to see that they're just human and they don't. 
Um, right. And so it's, but the, but the writing is so well done. The character development is so it's got Harrison Ford in it. His character is the best I've ever seen Harrison Ford ever. Wow. Um, Jason Segel um, is in it. He's incredible. And then there's some other actors that I've never seen that are just incredibly well-placed and uh great show, man. Great. If you have Apple TV, go watch it. It's incredible. You'll love it. Nice. Um, yeah. It's the first episode is by far not my favorite, which to me is a good thing. I think if you get into episode one and two and it goes downhill from there, you're uh, it's not a good thing. And it just gets yeah. better and better. Yep. Yep. So shrinking, That's go awesome. check it out. Definitely. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, Artist of the month this week. We did book of the month last time. Artist of the month this time. What do you got? I have become a huge Russ fan. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. Uh, rapper, singer, producer. And I'm, I'm currently learning uh, producing myself. I've been working on it and dabbling in it, but now uh, really focused on it. And I've seen this guy talking a lot on TikTok. I love his business perspective. Like forever, he was releasing one song a week and pushing it out. And he talked about his strategies behind that, how they leverage wow. that to gain multi-multi-millions uh, of fans. Um, and the guy has blown up. But the production is amazing. The songs are incredible. I just, I, I've been listening to it like every single day. I have it going in the background, have it going when I'm at the gym. Um, so yeah, he's a compelling artist musically and a very compelling artist. Like I said, it was actually his, his business sense that attracted me to go finally go listen to his music because uh, wow. he kept popping up on my algorithm, which has a lot of that kind of stuff on there. So yeah, very cool. Russ, is that R-U-S-S? Yep, R-U-S-S. Russ, nice. I'm going to go with an artist called Beeson, B-E-E-S-O-N. Okay. She is she's an up-and-coming pop artist out of Utah. Um, incredible. She only has a couple of songs out. So I think she's releasing a new one soon. She's got to be early 20s, college age. But just that, um, you know, there's those artists that just have that raw innocence that, to me, I just connect with immediately. Um, and she's very much that way. You don't care for pop music, might be a little interesting, but but it's real singer-songwriter pop. It's more, um, you know, just kind of that storytelling. I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan, but Beeson's kind of along that line of, okay. you know, songwriting, storytelling. Um, one song in particular, man, you know those songs that as a lyricist, you're just like, whoa, that's a lot. That is a lie. And she's just got a, a couple of those. You're like, okay, that who it, good job. That was a line. Perfect. You're like, I'm in. Um, yes, yes. And so Beeson is my artist uh, of the month. So we've got Russ, hip-hop artist, and Beeson, a pop singer-songwriter. Go check them out. By the way, we don't know these people personally. We're just giving you the stuff that we yeah. are listening to right now and really enjoy. So um, friends, go check them out. Okay, brother, let's get into our topic, the art of leading creatives. The Boom. art hurting cats. Of... <laughs> hurting hurting cats and realizing you are a cat yourself is how I, yes. would, how I described it quite often um, as yes. being an artist trying to lead artists. The art of leading creatives. My first question I thought of when we were text discussing uh, this topic was, how do we actually create space for creativity? So my thought immediately goes to, yes, we're talking a little bit specifically, you know, leading artists, but 
You know, I think the art of leading creatives actually ties really well to the traditional workspace because when you have a team of people, you've got a team of creative people. And what I see far too often is we don't create space for that creativity to be used at its greatest uh, advantage. And so the right. question became, regardless of where this leadership of creatives and artists is happening, how do we really create space for creativity without it going off the rails? Because we know it can. Um, <laughs> so what, what does that really look like? Those were kind of the questions that came to mind as I was thinking about this. What, it, in your experience, what have you seen thus far that has helped with that? I, I do have some thoughts on that, but I'm curious what you've seen from your perspective, because I know you've done the leading the corporate side, but also leading musicians. Yep. Uh, where I have strictly lived in a leading uh, musician's world. To me, the most connective piece, regardless, um, and you know, you, you were on my advanced reader team for my last, my, my book that's out now still, How to Hire and Keep Great People. Um, so, you know, I always function from a standpoint of human behavior, no matter what area we're functioning in. And so from that perspective, to me, the greatest connective piece is finding people's passion and doing the best you can to connect that passion to the work at hand. So I'll give you an example in both arenas. Um, I've had band members in the past that had a passion for organization, that had a passion for um, and an interest in, I want to help organize the trips and the tours and the logistics. And so then it just simply becomes, okay, great. This is the role you can play within the community of our band. You're a great drummer, but you also have a passion for logistics. Here's what we need. Ready, set, go. It's the same applies in the workplace. I have a passion for um, making people feel special. Okay, great. We love to celebrate everyone's birthday everyone's anniversary. We're going to put you in charge to use uh, the show, The Office. We're going to put you in charge of the party planning committee, whatever that looks like. And I think <laughs> what, we're, what, we're, what we're identifying is the creativity may or may not connect directly to, um, you know, whatever we're producing, but mm -hmm. it should connect directly to the culture that we're building. And when everyone has a role in that creativity, then it really it, it really gives them a sense of ownership and pride and a reason to show up. And, and there's something to be said for giving people a reason to show up outside of their job duties. Like that's when yeah. you're really all of a sudden tapping into the potential of effort, uh, you know, collaboratively, collaboratively of everyone. So I think that connective piece to what are you passionate about outside of your job duty? What are you really passionate about? What do you have interest in? What do you skill that? How can we use that to build a stronger community? Well, and I hear in that too, just the simple fact of you taking the time to understand their creative side and to yes. listen to it. Because um, I think that is one of the differences of leading like a non, not, and I, I guess I have led, I, I owned a roofing company. So I was leading people who in a non-creative or non-artistic, I guess, right. realm. <laughs> and, but it does seem like people respond much better when you when you hear them, when you listen yes. to them, uh, especially as artists, just because the the level of, of sensitivity and emotions and all the things going on, like sometimes people just got to like cry things out. 
And sometimes like I've had, like I've worked with people where we kind of like had to yell things out, but it was how we dealt with it afterwards. You know, it's like, and not punishing them or feeling like you have to do some discipline because they got really pissed off. It's like understanding and hearing them, I think will go a long, long way. And that was a piece where sometimes my, my business mind and my goal driven thing would, would take over. And so like at one point I was leading about 50 artists, uh, in, in all different realms of, of video and graphics and music and all these places. And it was just this crazy thing of like, where I realized I was just pushing past people and not listening to them. And man, you want to destroy creative yes. work. That's what's going to happen is if you don't listen. So I, yeah. I think that's, that's a powerful lesson in there. I know for me, the other piece that I know I personally respond to and what I've seen other artists respond to is, is really low control, high accountability Mm. environments. Mm. Um, Mm. There's, there's this thing like bound and are you familiar with bound and centered sets at all? Yes. But tell Um, us, tell us. Yeah. So for the, for the listener, if you're not familiar, uh, bound and centered sets, it's kind of like here in America, the farms, we put up big fences and, and that's like the structure, the control. Um, out in, I believe it's like Australia, like their farmland is so vast. They, to put up a fence, isn't even like logistically like possible for them. So what they did is they created a center set where the fence is an example of the bounded set. The center set is we're going to put all the water, all the food, all the things in this one area, and then they can go anywhere they want. Right. (laughs) But if they want you know, if they want this, this, like, whatever, if if they want, I think of it as culture. So like your culture is that, that piece. So they have to keep coming back to the culture. Here's the accountability. Are we on task? Are we, are we reflecting the right values? Are we doing the right mission? That kind of thing. And, and that's where I found um, working with artists, they respond typically really well, but the high accountability piece is a very important part though, because like for me, I'm in an idea creating phase, as I said in the beginning. Uh, But the problem is, is as artists, sometimes we can just sit there in that idea creating phase. And like I had a friend two years later, he still hadn't released his album. And it's like, bro, you gotta like, (laughs) you gotta get some, get some shit done. (laughs) You know? So it's, it's finding those parameters and but I think even back to your first thought of, you know, talking with the artists where if they're, so maybe they're a graphics person, like in your, in your uh, marketing department and they're like, Hey, I just, I'm feeling like kind of burnt out. I want to explore some different ideas, maybe say, okay, so for the next week, why don't you just try doing all sorts of crazy things? Uh, well, you know, and, and give them a parameter then like, then this next Monday, let's talk about what, what you learned through that process. And then let's start setting some goals for the next iteration. And, but that's, that can be a hard thing, especially probably I imagine in a corporate environment, because you got a lot of things just firing and firing and firing. Yeah, it can be challenging, but I also think, I think we create the challenge by buying into the myth that we, we only have to do it a certain way. And, right. and, and I think that really becomes our biggest uh, kind of self-created stigmas and our, our self-projected what becomes our culture is that, well, we can't do it that way because we're so used to doing it this way or 
Um, and I think this is in both the artistic world and, you know, the, the traditional workspace. Well, we've always approached creating our product this way, or we've always approached touring season this way, or we've always approached, you know, the processes and strategies in a certain way. And it's like, okay, that's great. But you're saying you're wanting different results than what you're receiving. What you do know is the way you've been doing it has yielded specific results. So if you want something different, then you have to do something different. And so I'm not true. saying... I'm not saying it's totally easy, but what I am saying is there has to be a mindset shift of, you know, if, if, if we're, you know, to you and your band and how you're evolving in your musical style, I can promise you the way you guys wrote music seven years ago, is not how you're writing music today. Yeah, exactly. It's a totally different process now. Yes. And because you want each one was valuable. Yes. Each step was valuable. None of them were wrong. It's just now during this season, we're doing yep. something different. And I, that, that is probably the other piece we talked, you know, referencing, like you had a whole book that you threw out. I just yeah. heard a, another author talk about how his first draft of the book, like a 400 page book, sent it to the editor and they said, we're not releasing this. Red line. X, Y, Z. Red line, yeah. red line. <laughs> and he spent another like three years rewriting the entire book off of their recommendations. Uh, basically, his, his was a scientific book and he got too heady. And they're like, yeah. we're trying to like make this palatable for the public. And so you got to go back to drawing board. But I imagine that first book still informed his writing and that feedback yes. informed his writing. And where I know most of uh, our EP you had referenced earlier, I wrote 60 songs for that EP. And there are six songs on that EP. Right. <laughs> That's all that made it. And all those other ones didn't go on the next record. They're all, but each of those nuggets brought me to the next thing and brought us as a band to the next thing. And I, I imagine as a business leader, that's pretty tough to wrap your mind around from time to time. And I remember having you know, artists report to me. And, and sometimes it, it, even as an artist myself, when I got into the management and leadership mindset, it's like, okay, well, we just wasted 20 man hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, notice so that. It, notice that we just wasted. Yep. 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 And so I think it's flipping the script uh, of that in, in having the conversation, what did you learn in that process? How did it inform mm -hmm. you? Um, how is this inspiring you for the next thing uh, and taking uh, the long view? And it was one of my, the, my boss at the time, he's actually, when I was that arts leader, uh, he's the guest on my podcast that just dropped uh, today oh, as cool. we're speaking. And his clip that's, that we pushed out uh, is, is about that idea of, of having the long view in the way that you speak with other people. Cause the short term is we just wasted 20 man hours. The long view is I just, I can help this artist develop into who they are going to be and, yes. and help them get to this next work that they're going to be their next best work. Yeah. Um, a challenging switch, but I think an important one, if you want to have a thriving arts department or a creative department, uh, and let's just be honest, almost every business runs off of, the creative now because 100 is taken over yeah 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 it's the idea of are you focused solely on the success or are you focused on the people building the success those are two very mm. different perspectives 
the people solely focused on the success, they're focused on labor, they're focused on what we're spending, how much time we're wasting. The people focused on the people building the success are, are really get geared toward, I'm investing my time, we're developing, we're taking every opportunity as a teachable moment. We're creating a safe space for idealism, for creativity, for opportunity. You know, your greatest ideas are sitting with the most unexpected people. Right. It's just, you know, I remember watching an interview one time with Sam Walton, the, the, the father of Walmart. And I don't remember the specifics of the story, but basically they were asking him about all these great ideas that Walmart had over the years. And he's like, oh, yeah, that idea came from our janitor. Oh, yeah, that idea came from our part time mom. Oh, yeah, that idea. You know, and you either listen to that's like amazing. Steve, you know, Warren, but I mean, all these what we call great achievers, they all share these wonderful ideas. And they're like, yeah, they come from the most unexpected places. But if we mm-hmm. never create the space for those to live, breathe, move and have opportunity, it's not wasting time. I guarantee you, if you're listening to this, whether you're an artist or you're a CEO, your greatest next opportunity and idea isn't within yourself. It's within someone else who's going to share it with you. The question is, are you listening? That's the question. If you're a songwriter, your next best song is going to be off of a riff that you hear on the radio. It's going to be off of a 1960s album that you just hear a riff or a word or a melody and you go, oh my gosh. I mean, that's where the inspiration comes from. It's all connected. But the question is, are we leaving work for it? Are we creating space? I want to go back. You were talking about the fences, what I'm calling fences, because I did grow up on the farm. Yes. (laughs) the, the culture in the middle. I have a, a practice that I use with uh, with clients, and that is what I call drawing the box. And if someone comes to me and says, you know, Mitch, we're having all these issues with our employees, et cetera, et cetera. My first question is, have you drawn the box? Well, what do you mean by that? Have you set the boundaries and expectations? Because if you haven't, if there's no box on the sheet of paper, if there's no box on the whiteboard, then you're just letting people do what they think they should be doing. And you're trying to hold people accountable to the assumption that they know what they're doing. And so I love your idea of drawing the box, of setting the boundaries, and then high accountability of bringing your best self to the box. How are you going to bring your best to the box today? And that becomes the question. And that does, it is interesting because for me, I see it as like, I, I try to lead without fences, uh, without the box. And but as you're talking, I'm like, well, maybe there are some parameters in there. I don't know. So I'm I'm more thinking out loud at this point. Right. But kind of where I was going with that centered set was making your values, uh, making your goal, uh, and, and maybe we're just talking about it semantically different, but making it so clear that they can wander off yep. into different places but having that accountability to it, like holding them to here's the values, holding them to here's the goals, here's the expectations. We keep coming back to this. Um, So in some ways, I think maybe we are speaking about the same thing. I I think what happens sometimes, it's the, you know, the procedure manual that you get when you like join a corporate thing where you have like all these things and, and people think by having that manual, you're going to be able to lead people and it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, uh, and, and, so, and sometimes you, 
sometimes you say the box and people, you know, cause I'm that way. I was the kid in elementary school that they're like, yeah, don't color outside the lines. And I'm like, why not? Like that's where the cool stuff lives. Right. And so with the box, we're not, we're not talking about suffocating, but we're talking about our right. values, purpose, mission, uh, right. et cetera. A priority well, and that's is, what I'm, yeah. And that's yes. what I'm talking about then too. So I, in a way it's like, we're talking from it on two different sides of the coin. Cause yeah, I think those are the pieces and, and just having those tough, tough conversations, you know, flipping it around where I was leading a creative meeting. Um, and I was just getting frustrated with my whole team. Uh, and it was a team I'd led for a few years at this point, um, all high, like achieving creatives. And I was just so like, I started ending meetings early, uh, cause we weren't getting anything done. And I'm like, well, I'm not wasting your time. And, uh, and then one day I was just sitting there and one of the, one of the people on the team waited and everyone left. And she's like, why do you think it's not going well? Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, huh. I started thinking through, I'm like, I don't know. I threw out different ideas. And finally she just looks at me and goes, can I be honest with you? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, it seems like you're not as well prepared as you used to be. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like you have a clear vision. And I think that's why you're frustrated. And I was like, damn, like the moment she said it, it was like, she's so right. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, okay. And so like the next week I like locked myself away and there was a lot of to do's, you know, that, yeah. that needed to happen. And, and sure enough, started seeing the meetings come back to life. And so I think that's the piece of having that accountability in there or having those hard conversations that you as a leader have to have. I've had many of those. Yeah. Um, like I have one coming up where I'm working with someone on a project and it's not to their level that I know and have come to expect. And so it's having that hard conversation of why is that? Yeah. You know, is there, some, is there something I've done? Is there something, you know, and, and trying to pry into it. And maybe it means it's not the project for you or maybe it just means we need to get back on the same page. Um, but yeah, and I think that's what happens where I see some cultures, especially with creatives, they think like the hard, hard parameters will keep everyone in line, but again, comes back to really what you said in the beginning. It was, you, you covered it all in the first example you gave was <laughs> talking and listening, yeah. you know, and then adding, cause accountability should be listening as well. Yes. Cause you, you want to yes. say, you know, you know, oh, you're frustrated. Like my my coworker did. Uh, why do you think that is? Let, let's talk through it and find it. And sometimes you got to lay it out there because they're not seeing it, <laughs> which I experienced too. So, man, I love that. I think that's a great place uh, to end our conversation today on the art of leading creatives. And and again, we're we're talking from the standpoint of a human perspective. Yes, creatives can, can live in the artistic world, but they can also live. Uh, at Subway serving sandwiches or be your accountant, you know, your accountant. Right. Uh, I, I'll never forget man. <laughs> um, when I went skydiving last year, a couple, I don't remember what it was. Uh, it's been a while back ago. I was talking to one of the guys and he was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting the people that tend to gravitate towards skydiving. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's all, well, like with our skydiving club, it's mostly lawyers and accountants. <laughs> and so even the people in the professions that we don't consider creative, guess what they're doing on the weekends, jumping from a plane at 12,000 feet. If that's not creative, if that doesn't take courage and they're like doing flips and doing all this cool aerial stuff, 
yeah, your freaking uh, public defender is like <laughs> certified <laughs> skydiver doing the circus in the air, right? And so that, that's these amazing. Principles apply, you know, across the board. So uh, let's talk about our takeaways today, Miguel. I'm going to give you mine first. I love your idea about low control, high accountability. Um, I've really, quite frankly, learned that most in raising kids. Uh, I, Ooh, I yes. learned really, really early on, the, the heavier the thumb, the more rebellious the child, and should be, by the way. So yeah, low control, high accountability. We know who we are. We're finding out who we are, and we're curious to who we are. And if you can kind of treat everyone, including yourself that way, I think it leads to great opportunity for growth and for whatever you're building in your life. So that's mine. Low, low control, high accountability. Love it. Yeah, and for me... I, I reference it several times already, but just that concept a great reminder to spend time and really listen and spend yeah. time and really get to know the people. My, my world is very interesting because there is no daily office work, you know, and right. it's, there's some people I work with. I may not see for weeks or months, you know, yeah. um, there's an agent I see like once a year, <laughs> kind of. Right. Just, uh, but it doesn't mean I can't stay connected with them. It doesn't mean I can't, listen and understand what they're going through. And I think it'll make me a better leader just to remind myself that constantly. So I love it. Love that. Love that. Um, friends, thank you for listening to the Mitch Grace Show featuring Miguel Antonio. Make sure you go check out the band Run With It. Check out Miguel's podcast, Live and Create. Make sure you share, subscribe, and uh, drop us a line. We're both available on social media all over the place. Let us know how you're doing, any challenges you're facing, any topic you might want us to talk about. We would love to kind of let you bend our ears. So we appreciate you. Uh, hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon.